been patient. We're in this Sunday, this is a unique Sunday for us, so if you're a guest with us, bear with us. We hope that this touches your heart and brings you some encouragement in your walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, But we need to do some things in our church on this Sunday. We like to look back and see what are some of the things we've done this year, what are some of the things that we've experienced, how has God been at work in our church, And, and now then shift a little bit of our focus ahead and look at what our plans are for 2020, specifically with a couple of areas in our church life. So I decided to call this uh, a little bit of a lot of life, because we're just going to give you a little bit of what's happened around here in the last year, but it, it shows that there's been a lot of life going on around here. And you Northwest people know that being around here on a Sunday morning means lots of little kids. Occasionally they walk up the aisle and join me and take over the sermon. Um, Sometimes they're up here strumming guitars with us. Um, This morning I was the only guitarist. We have four little plastic guitars back there by the the booth. Five? I almost grabbed them and said, okay, I need some more guitarists to come up here. And, And I thought, you know, I don't know where that'll go. We might end up like in a rock concert where we're breaking instruments or something like that. (laughs) But there's a lot of life around this place, and it is great, and it is often joyful, and it is often unexpected, and God does things and takes us into places we didn't even know existed, and he does them in ways that put a smile on our face. So I want to reveal some of that to you. If you don't know that, I want you to see some of that. Now, here's the thing. You might think, and I would like to think, that I know everything that's going on in the life of our church. But I don't. And so there are things that happen through the ministry of our church, and I come late to the party, and I find out after the fact, and I hear the stories. And some of the stories don't get heard very well, and so I wanted you to hear some of that today. And some of this, I've had my fingers all over, and I felt the pulse. Some of it I've not. It's happened through other leaders. Some of you have led things in our church that have been able to bear fruit for the kingdom. And I just got to stand a a distance and be a little bit removed and see that. But it's exciting to me, and I want you to hear about that. So as we talk about a little bit of a lot of life going on around here, I want to focus on some specific things. And here's where I really think we see a lot of life happening in our church. In these four areas, I think we see, we're seeing a lot of life happening through our life groups. And I'm going to have a couple of people come up in a moment, and they're going to talk about what they've experienced there. We also, are, so our life groups are just small groups. Some of them meet in homes, some of them meet here in the church. It's just a time for people that gather together. They pray for each other, they encourage each other, keep us on track. They might poke each other in the back every once in a while and go, come on, you can do a little bit better. But it's very relational, and that is a great place to be if you need somebody to encourage you. Then we have our Elements Institute. Our Elements is a training thing where we teach classes around here. And I'm going to have one person come up and talk about what this experience has been like for them and how we've gone through this uh, now for two years and what fruit that's bearing. And then I want you to hear from a couple of our teens because our teen ministry is pretty exciting. And even though we don't have 30 teens here on a regular basis, the teens we have are amazing. 
and a couple of them are going to come up and talk in a few moments as well. And then I want you to know that we're developing some new leaders. There are people who are emerging that have said, I want to do more in the kingdom, and we're helping them move in that direction and learn uh, what that might look like, and I want you to at least hear from one of those today. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to invite some people to come up here. So we're going to start with our life groups, and um, I know she's nervous, so ladies first. Ashley Bergman, come up here, please. Front and center. Um, I asked Ashley to share a little bit. There's a microphone there. You can take it out of the stand. It might be easier to hold it. You know, we need to hear you. Um, Ashley's helped us out here with some social media stuff and outreach. And So if you see really impressive things on our Facebook group, it probably comes from her. And then she's hidden behind binary code. code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Ashley's been a part of our mom's group. And... Um, I'd just like you to tell us a little bit about your experience and how coming into our church and meeting all these strange and wonderful people uh, was a little bit easier because you had a small group around you that loved you and that you loved them, too. Um, So I got invited by Vanessa Crawford, so um, I'm pretty sure I came with one of the most weirdest people of our church, of our congregation, and I can say that because she's not here. (laughs) Um. But just to have, we moved from Hayes, Kansas, where my husband's from. I'm from this area, but to move back three years ago and to have a huge support system. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, our oldest son, Charlie, has seizures. Hold the mic up. Thank you. And um, so to have a large support group and to feel supported and know that there are people we can turn to when we have a need, if we're needing to rush off to the hospital or to his school to go get him, um, it's just really nice to have that support team. Um, I do have family in the area, but still, you know, it's hard sometimes. So to come with them and come to this church where um, I would have never guessed I would come to a free Methodist church. I'm typically um, attend Pentecostal churches, but to come here and feel um, welcomed, and my biggest thing is that I want my children to feel welcomed. And if you don't ever notice, like, this side of the row is always covered in toys and food and children. (laughs) And children. And so then to have um, a lot of us moms in the church feel like we want to attend, like, a Bible study or a a group, but we didn't really have one because we've also got kids. And once you start adding up all of us moms, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's like 12 children at this point. And so we started going to um, someone's house where the kids could play and we could kind of do more of a Bible study. And it was nice because it kind of shows you some of the areas where you're lacking. So the program that we follow, it actually has us do confession and then it has us actually um, do out loud praying. And that's something I don't feel like I've ever been good at. So to hear other people and then have to practice it myself, I feel a lot better in the way that I pray and how I pray. Um, and then just to have other moms and just be able to vent not only about the struggles we have in motherhood, but in our marriages and other relationships and our man children that we take care of and just the outside world and knowing that there is sometimes mom guilt and mom shame and then being able to speak to others in the congregation that understand that and are actually able to, um, preach on that and to sit in a church where, you know, we can talk about 
um, the story where they were talking about not having women in leadership, but what was actually happening at that time, and to feel just welcomed and empowered, even though I might have gotten yelled at not to do any more Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you one more question, then I'll let you go. I told you it would be easy. Um, for someone who says, yeah, I haven't been part of a life group, and it seems kind of threatening, like you guys pray out loud and you do confession, that seems kind of weird. Um, what would you say to somebody who goes, I'm not sure I'm ready for that kind of disclosure and participation? So we don't require it. We allow you to come and see us and... Um, Quite honestly, we don't always follow that script. A lot of times we get carried away just in our own um, getting things off of our chest, and sometimes we just need to pray for one mom. Um, But if you don't feel comfortable in it, it's not forced. We let you try it. We let you come in, um, but we will bring you in. (laughs) That's a good word. Thanks, Ashley. You're welcome. Thanks, Corbin. Appreciate it. One of our life groups is a group of men, and um, Rich Kraft has agreed to say a few things. Um, if you know Rich, you know that asking Rich to say a few things is a difficult thing for me to do, because Rich has a lot to say. Come up your brother. Um, our men's group is a little bit different, because we meet once a month, um, and um, we, do, we focus on a theme for the year. So, Rich, tell us a little bit about your experience this year. And not only do we meet and eat, we have breakfast, but we've done some activities as well. <clears throat> the uh, title that we've been trying to follow, and it seems like it comes pretty natural to us, is where men are rebellious by nature. <laughs> so, if you can go for that any direction you want to, but uh, it seems like we do things for ourselves our way and we try to work other ways around it and uh, the the men's group has a an, an, we don't necessarily have a bible scripted type of of breakfast but we have Christian fellowship and we do discuss those types of things in a fellowship way that is very easy to situate yourself in and uh, everybody is welcome. Uh, is that? Absolutely. <clears throat> We've had a couple of activities this year, and uh, they've been fantastic. We're looking for new activities. The first one, we got together and went up to Salina to the bombing range, and uh, they had a, a uh, demonstration of military aircraft and uh, armament, uh, tanks. They had some tanks there. They had jeeps there. Helicopters flew in. Uh, it was being military myself. It was nice to see. We lived in Salina. They had planned in the past for 2,000, and so they was hoping they'd have maybe 3,000. And I think this time they said it was 8,000 8, people yeah. were there. So it was a fantastic opportunity. Hot dogs. <laughs> uh, Chips and Coke and so forth, a uh, dollar a piece, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't very expensive. It was terrific. And, uh, the, again, the fellowship is, is top-notch. Uh, we do encourage any of you that can make it. Another one we had, we went to Eisenhower Library. <clears throat> we didn't go into the – or was it the other way around? We went to the museum and not the library. I, oh. I, I can't remember because I didn't go. <laughs> I was – Sid? We went to the, the library or the museum. museum. Okay. 
It was, I mean, there's just so much stuff there. And here again, I'm trying to get keep it short. <laughs> but there were things, Eisenhower was always one that I read about, watched, and so forth. Um, there were things that we learned that we didn't know, and it was appreciative for national history. It seems like a lot of that stuff's not taught in the schools anymore, regardless of what president it was or what mm -hmm. war it was or what battle even uh it's just not there so it was very enlightening to us we had a terrific time uh we had pizza before we came home um it was great so we do encourage you get hold of any one of us and uh we'll try and see i we were there was a band of brothers there was some discussion of trying to see if we could do that um that's a pretty aggressive program to go overseas and see the mm -hmm. the stuff from over there. But, um, boy, if we can. <laughs> but there will be others that will be smaller and in and around here. So we've also, this year, <clears throat> the men did a couple of things that, that related to our spiritual journey. Um, and I want you to just hit on a couple of these. A couple of times in our discussion um, during breakfast, one time we talked about social media and how social media kind of sucks us in and gets us to operate in ways that God might not smile on and how we can push back against that. We talked about when, when it's good to rebel, that there are some things that we need to push against in the world. And then um, back during the, in the spring during Lent, we had 11 men up here <laughs> that talked about, uh, about self-denial and fasting from something during Lent. And these guys took it on and let everybody in the congregation in on it. So tell us a little bit about that. And you'll see me with a cup of coffee in my hand almost all the time. And uh, that was what I gave up for Lent. And I tell you, it was really hard. I had one experience where I went into a tire shop and was well into it, so I was used to not being on coffee. <laughs> I'll say that typically. And... Uh, the coffee pot was out there, and I was waiting, so I just walked over and helped myself. Didn't even think about it, habit forming. And, uh, but I took a sip of it, and thank heavens it was tea. So I got lucky God was looking after me, because <laughs> I certainly did it out of habit. And, uh, but, uh, no, those, those are things that, uh, by rebellious, uh, it, it's uh, a lot of little things that we don't realize that we just don't the the social media uh we i think we most of us probably tried to turn it down a little bit not be on it quite as often or mm -hmm. maybe not respond as often as tough as that is and believe me it's tough because you can't believe all of it mm -hmm. or much of it or whatever but um anyhow we do pray for our government and uh <clears throat> our men will be getting together here in two weeks and deciding the theme for the next year, for 2020, what we said, said nodding his head, so I'm on point. So uh, if guys, if you haven't been a part of this and you want to come in, there's some older guys, if you're looking for a mentor, there's, some, there's a lot of wisdom in the room, um, and I mean older than me. And uh, Looks at me. Um, there's some younger guys, so there's some energy there too. Uh, it's a great group. Thanks, Rich, for sharing your experience. Thank you. <laughs> All right. 
the next thing we've had going on is our elements classes, and uh, we started this last year in the fall, and, um, and I know that at this point in the message, Julie Frady would love to be here. She is sick. She's out of commission today. Uh, but Julie's been one of the people that have instructed and led in our elements, and I've done it. We've had some guest instructors come in and talk. So I've asked Crystal, where are you at? There she is. To, to, Crystal has gone through this from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you were there right up front, and um, you've stayed with it. And so, so real quick, before Crystal says anything, here's the mic. If you've been in any of our elements classes, would you just raise your hand so people can kind of see who's taken these classes? Look at that. And we did, you can put your hands down. You guys are amazing. We started with Intro to the Bible. We went to an introduction to theology and why theology and doctrine is important. Um, This year, this uh, fall season, I led a class on building better believers and discipling each other. Julie went back in the intro to the Bible for some people that had missed it the first time. So, it's easier for you to stand, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'll stand with you. Okay. Um, So, tell us a little bit about your experience, some things that you've learned that you didn't know before. Well, first of all, for all you Star Wars people, if you want to watch Star Wars, come to Elements. (laughs) So, you're giving away my secrets. That was a little funny, huh? Um... I would have to say, from from the beginning, I've learned a lot. Um, Julie has always, like from the beginning, I've been in a lot of Julie's classes in Sunday school and everything, and she is very knowledgeable. There, I, She's always answered my questions, and I've really gotten into the Bible um, because of the Elements program. Um, it's helped me to build a better relationship with God and even the people in our church. Mm. Um, I've found out that I'm a very big introvert. All I do is work and go home. So it's kind of got me out of my comfort zone and talking to people in our church. And I've gotten to know several of our people very well. And that really means a lot to me. Um, I've also learned that um, a lot of us tend to be followers because it's easier. Um, I've taken a stand to be a leader and spread the word of God all through our community mm-hmm. every day, regardless. Um, That's good. Some people here may not know what you do every day. So when, you say, when she says, I've taken a stand to be a leader in our community, you work with a specific demographic in the city of Wichita Mm-hmm. And how uh, and uh, can I give it away, or do you want to tell them what you do? I don't care. You tell them what you do. Um, well, um, I work um, with Humankind Ministries. Um, I'm the senior case manager over there, um, and I work with all of the people that are coming in directly from the streets um, that are chronically homeless, who have chronic and chronic health conditions. There's a lot of disabled elderly out there on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of people out there with severe mental health issues that can't get the services they need because they have no insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know where to go. Um, stuff like that. And of course, there's people that have just lost their employment and, you know, end up on the streets. Um, I do work with a lot of families. I am working with a couple of families right now trying to get them housed. 
Um, I have a single mommy who's about to have a baby in a couple weeks um, that I'm working with. And um, other than that, um, I basically help run the shelter of 60 people um, downtown on Central and Broadway. And um, I basically just work with all these people to get them the services they need and to be that person that they can come to if they just want to talk or feel loved or accepted, you know, they all call me mom down there. Um, (laughs) So I just think that's really important that we all kind of get out in the community and try to bring all those people in to God and help them because everybody needs somebody and everybody needs to know that they can live independently. They can have a home Mm -hmm. if they want it. That's good. So how has Elements uh, helped to equip you down there with, with those people who need a lot of help in the trenches of ministry? Um, uh, it's given me a lot of inspiration. Um, it's given me a lot of um, in-depth information um, about the Bible that I can use to um, help bring these people in mm-hmm. in kind of ways that they may not even realize that I'm kind of dragging them in. Um, I'm pretty good at that. Um, there's been some cases where I've gotten a little like, uh, I'm not so sure about what you're talking about. So you know, I, you know, call Pastor Hink up or message him be like, hey, can you come down here? You know, give me a little hand. I'm really not for sure how to answer this. And, and he's, and he's come down there and helped me out. So mm-hmm. it's been really good. It's more intimidating for me than her. Because, you know, I don't always know what I'm going to face when I go in there. Yeah. Nor do you, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, you, you might wonder about what being in a class and learning has to do with life. But we really try, Julie and I try to make the lessons... Uh, something that you apply to your life and say, okay, how will you use this now? And in fact, in my class this fall, I've made them circle up in groups and do these things, not just talk about them, but actually experience it together. And um, they've been very good, and there's been, a very, there's been a minimum of complaining about me making them actually do that. So be watching because Elements just came to a close for the fall semester. In January, we'll fire up again, and, and you'll be getting lots of information about that. If you want to be there on Thursday night, um, you'll know when it is, and we want you to be part of that. All right, now um, let's get some younger people up here. Olivia, Olivia Logsdon, come up here, young lady. It has been a joy to watch Olivia over the last couple of years to grow and uh, move from being a child here in our church and one of the kids under our feet to a young lady in our youth group. You want to sit? Let's sit down. Okay. Um, Olivia, tell us a little bit about the teen ministry here, what things you guys do and what your experience has been like. Well, um, first we do a little game about what, what we're doing and then we go on to the lesson, and then we, we discuss about what the game was about, and then we um, talk about it, and then we go on to the lesson. Hold the mic up and talk loud. 
This is the first time Olivia's done something like this, right? And you didn't do great. Uh, you, so you got lessons, and mm-hmm. your lessons have been, do you remember what your lessons have been on? They're out Acts. of this. Yeah, they're out yeah. of the book of Acts, mm-hmm. right? And um, so you do a game, and then you talk about the scripture, and spend some time talking together then, don't you? Mm-hmm. How has that um, helped you this year at school, at home, with your friends? Has it, has it been a help to you? Yeah. Can you talk about that? I don't know. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, I can. <laughs> um, one of the things I appreciate about, appreciate about you and Lorelai is you always bring somebody, mm-hmm. don't you? Um, Frequently, when I say hi to Olivia or Lorelai, I'm also having to introduce myself to somebody. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to know a couple of other young ladies on Wednesday nights when we have our meal because you bring friends. And um, how have they, I mean, what do they think of us strange people here and the weird things we do? They think it's fun. Do they really? Mm -hmm. That's good. They like coming. Some of them are coming back now. Uh Yeah. That's a good sign. Um, what do you tell your friends when you say, hey, you need to come with me on Wednesday nights? I say, hey, come on, it's fun. We have dinner, then we go to our lessons. Yeah, mm-hmm. and who are the adults in here that you, that you hang with in there? Um, Linnea and Julie. Uh-huh. There have been a couple others in there, you remember them? So Rich and Connie mm-hmm. have been in there with you. Yeah. Occasionally, I sneak in, yeah. right, before you throw me out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this, because this is something a lot of us older people want to know. A lot of us pray for you guys. In fact, every week, somebody's praying for you guys. How can we pray for you at school, at home, with your friends? What are the things we should ask God for, for our teens? Oh, no. You don't know? No. What, are the, what are some of the things that you face that are hard that we might ask God to help you with? Tests. Tests. Any subjects in any. specific? In, any. Any. So any test. Tests are hard. And we will do that. And we do actually pray for that around you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, see, it wasn't so hard and brutal. No. You're not bleeding anywhere, are you? No. Okay, great. Thanks, Olivia. Yeah. Um, Joe... Yes, give her a hand. It's a little intimidating to be up here and look at you. I do it every week, and I forget about that. Joelle, come up here. Joelle Frady, you can see her just about everywhere around here. My favorite place to see Joelle is up here playing guitar with me. Um, But she helps us run tech at the back, and... uh, I will say Joelle is our senior leader. You're not a senior yet in high school, but you're close. And um, she's like the senior spokesman for the youth group. And so when Joelle says, hey, I want to talk to you, I usually go, okay, I'll listen. Um, So tell us a little bit about this year in youth group for you and what your experience has been, what you guys have been able to do. Okay. Oh, well, okay. That's good. (laughs) It's a lot better than last year. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not, not trying to be rude. It's just a lot more organized. So, we love you, Linnea. It's a lot better this year. 
Um, there's a lot more people too. It's not just me and my sister. So that's actually really exciting. So when they ask questions, you know, there are other people to answer and there are other people to read. That's always a lot more exciting. And you guys usually have what? Eight, seven to nine people in there? Yeah. About that? So minus me and my sister, that's like five to seven. So that's way more than last year, like yeah. exponential. Yeah, it's like grown three times. Yeah, it's amazing. That's yeah, great. Um, some of the reenactments, the biblical reenactments, could use a little bit of work. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they get the point across, so I think it's okay. So, I mean, I appreciate them. They're kind of funny. It could use a little bit of work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe in the elements thing, we'll have a drama in theatrics or something like that. To, to, I don't know. I, yeah, that's great. Um, what, what are some of the things that you guys have talked about in there specifically? Or can you think of some of the lessons and how that's applied to life for you? Um, there's some about, like, I remember a couple weeks ago, it was about like, discrimination mm-hmm. and how the people like that we see, like if we don't, if we're not experiencing it firsthand, then a lot of the times we miss it. And mm. that was, um, it was given in a good message, good way. That is, and that's really important, especially for young people to feel like they get left out and left behind. That's good, that's good. What would you tell a teenager who says, uh, I think about coming to your church, what's your youth group like? Um, I'd say it's, it's kind of small, but it's, it's like a community. I mean, every single time we go, we have like a high and low. So we say the high for the week, we say mm-hmm. low for the week. And it kind of builds like more of a community just cause, you know, you get to know everyone better. Yeah. It, even though like, it's not a lot of the times you go somewhere and you're like, here's the best part of my week. And then the worst part of my week is that I have a test tomorrow and I don't know when it's over. But I mean, the more you know, like, I mean, the better you get to know everyone there. So, yeah. yeah, that's good. Like the best like groups aren't always in numbers. It's really mm-hmm. just like a tight knit community. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. I appreciate Joelle your leadership in there and your your spirit and your attitude. All right, um, I'm about to wrap this up with talking about people. The last person I'm going to invite up here. Um, it's going to be a little bit of nepotism here. Linnea, come up here and sit with your dad. Um, and I need to do, give a little bit of an explanation. God has sort of thrown open a door for our church in developing some new leaders. I've prayed about this. Our leadership team has prayed about this. We weren't sure how it was going to happen. We just think that God wants us to equip people to do more. And uh, in this last year, uh, Julie stepped forward, uh, Julie Frady, and asked if we could provide her with some kind of credentialing for the teaching that she does. Um, And those of you that have been in the classes, you know Julie is uh, extremely well-prepared and knowledgeable about her subjects, and she's passionate about it. And it's a lot of fun to, to be able to learn from her. And so Julie has started a process of getting uh, more credentialing than just be, you know, she teaches a class here. Um, and then the Lord brought uh, Linnea down a journey, and I'll get to that in a moment, uh, with regard to opening possibilities for ministry that um, I tried to stay out of. And I still try, don't I? I do not. You can tell them if I meddle uh, in this. And then um, 
just as a gift, God brought uh, Jacob and Abby Cronin to our church. And Jacob has gone to school to study ministry and theology, and he's on a path to looking at pastoral ministry. So we got some new emerging leaders, and this is exciting to us, uh, because some of us are getting a little long in the tooth, and uh, we need to pass the baton along. So, Linnea, tell a little bit about what you've been doing recently. A lot of people in the church here know that you are getting ready to finish nursing school, but they don't know the other things you've been doing and why you're doing them. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I'll finish nursing school in December, and I've accepted a position um, at one of the big hospitals here in town um, as a cardiac nurse. So that's a lot of this next year for me, um, moving into that role. Uh, But I've also, um, for those of you that know me pretty well and have been here for several years, um, you know that I've traveled quite a bit and been overseas in Mozambique um, and worked with Hope and Healing Africa. Um, I've had the opportunity to lead medical teams over there and to... Um, be a go-between between the church and our our nonprofit that's more of a medical organization and the local government there and um, have had the opportunity to develop as a leader. Um, and so I, since I was pretty young, I think, um, I've, I had always felt that God might call me to be somewhere else than what I might consider home. Um, And with our family history of missions, I grew up hearing stories of um, what it was like to share Christ um, in a culture that was not your own. And um, to, and I've grown up with pieces of that culture as part of my culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's i i've had this great opportunity the last 2 years to lead our teens and to to really put into practice um those pieces of leadership where you're developing people younger than you and investing in the people younger than you um and i've this over the last couple of months i have had this experience of two different areas of where I feel called coming together. Um, and so I, um, I've i been taking a course through our conference. Um, it's an intro to ministry class. Um, I'm not the only one. Uh, Julie is taking it, and then Amanda at Rivercrest is also in it. Um, we have quite a, a large group this year taking it from mm-hmm. our conference um, from all over Kansas. Um, and so it's really just a process of discernment, um, figuring out where, uh, what your call is and what God is asking you to do and an opportunity to figure out if that's something um, within our conference or if it's something in your local church um, and for me possibly overseas. Um, so uh, we have been meeting together, and then we've had the opportunity to meet with a mentor pastor um, on a weekly basis. So I've been meeting with um, Deb Somerville. She is the pastor at the Greenville Free Methodist Church in Illinois. Um, 
And so been working through a couple of books and had an opportunity to um, figure out uh, what our ministry might look like. So um, this is just kind of the first step for me um, in figuring that out. So a lot of people here know that you've pursued the medical thing and you've had opportunities to do medical missions. Why the church side now? What's the draw there and what's the attraction or what's God laying on your heart there? Um, well, my faith is why I pursued nursing in the first place. Um, the, the call to heal people, um, for me, means both your physical body and your spiritual body. Um, those, are, those are not separate things. Um, it, you are one whole person. And so I, when I'm in a medical setting and have an opportunity to treat physical things, um, at least in our healthcare system, <laughs> um, sometimes it feels like that spiritual side of it is not there, and I'm not treating the whole person. Um, and then when I've had ministry experiences, being able to to bring those together um, is where I feel most whole in my calling. That's a good answer. Um, so I get, I'm going to put one more plug in for Wednesday night. Because you and, and Shelby are going to be asking people to put their hands on other people in healing ways. Um, we might just think, well, this is in, a, in the midst of a crisis. How, what are the spiritual dimensions of that? Um, how would you answer that? You've been in those situations. Mm-hmm. And talk about the spiritual journey in those and out of those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a hard one. (laughs) Um, So for me, I've been in situations where you have a crisis where you're, I've been in a code before, um, running a code, where I did not have all of the uh, resuscitating a patient. Okay, Um, thank you. I... um, and I didn't have all the resources I needed. Um, I had a couple of other, um, I had a couple nurses with me, but we didn't have the equipment we needed. We didn't have the um, language ability that we needed to work with our patients. And um, all of the training that we'd received was definitely there. You you form a habit when you practice those things, and you're able to, um, when you form that habit, you can you can do it without thinking about it. Um, but I've been in those situations where you don't have what you need, and it doesn't go as you expect it to go. Um, and being able to know that you are not the only one responsible for that person, um, that God is ultimately is responsible for mm. the health of that person. Um, it, it allows you to, I mean, it, it requires a lot of trust, and it requires a lot of um, 
but it doesn't leave you hanging, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So like after the fact, when you're debriefing and you're going back through, you know, what happened in this crisis and I couldn't, I couldn't do this, I couldn't take care of it. I've been in situations where God has stepped in and, and taken care of that patient um, when I couldn't. Um, so I guess what I would like to say about Wednesday night is this is an opportunity to practice and to build those habits um, and to be ready when something happens that you um, that is a crisis. So good, good. In your exploration of how you're going to couple medical work with church ministry, how can we pray for you? Um, I would appreciate prayer for um, just the next steps of bringing those two pieces together. Um, I think in our culture we treat them very separate. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it just, I'm excited about it, but I also know it's a lot of work. Um, And so um, just prayer for um, I think balancing those two as well. Um, that I'm not just stuck over here in one camp and forgetting about the other side. So Keep mm-hmm. one foot in each camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. You got to see a little bit now about uh, <clears throat> what's been going on in the life of our church. Uh, I hope it excites you because I'll tell you what, it excites me and it times during the week, I just go, I, d- I don't know how this is happening. I, I cannot arrange all these things and put them all in place. This is God's work. This is God's church. And he is going to do these things. As he said to the apostle Peter centuries ago, I say you're a rock and on this rock, I will build my church. And I think God says something similar to us here, that He will build his church on us. As we let him, and as we listen, and as we obey, God's going to do even greater work here. Well, we've looked back at a few things this year that have been going on, and you'll hear more about them as they unfold over the next year. But uh, there are some things that we need to do to prepare for next year. And so I'm going to transition here a little bit. Uh, For life to continue to happen here, we've got to continue to do certain things. We need... Uh, to be able to keep the lights on and the building repaired and the pastor fed, uh, things like that. So we are going to be talking just for a little bit about our budget for next year. And JC's going to come up and help me with that. And we need some leaders for next year. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a jump on this and then I'll have JC come up here. Let's talk about leadership real quick. We have a leadership team of seven people. Uh, people that are they're lay people from our congregation, from that are members of our church that have agreed to serve in leadership, and two of those people, their term is up, and so we allow them the opportunity if they want to step aside and uh, want to be replaced. Fortunately, for us, uh, Stephen Andrews and Alan Gale, their term is up, and they both have agreed to serve another three-year term. And so I show you these names, and I have a request of you, all of you. Over the next couple of weeks, pray for these two men. Uh, 
as they have made themselves available that God would lead us in this regard. Um, Next Sunday morning, you're going to see a ballot where you can vote if you, as members of the church, want them to continue to lead in that capacity, or you can write someone else in. Maybe there's another name you want us to consider next time for nomination. But these are the two nominations we have to fill these two vacancies, these expired terms on our leadership team. So pray for Alan and pray for Stephen in this regard. And pray for others on that leadership team. We can always use your prayers. After we have an election, then what we'll do is we will come back with the slate of seven. And out of those seven, we ask you to select two of them uh, to serve as our delegates to the Great Plains Conference and one as a reserve delegate. And they're the ones that then go to annual conference. They... um, they dialogue with superintendent and other conference leaders and make sure that things here at Northwest go the way they should and that we have the resources we need. So um, we'll be doing that. I, I tell you that to tell you what the process is going to be. So over the next few weeks, you'll have the opportunity to vote on that and on our budget proposal. So JC, come on up here. I'm going to shift sides so that you can be closer to your kids if you need to be. And Andy. Um, we've been working on some budget stuff over the last, what, two months? At least. At least, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we've had a, a challenging year, um, just to be quite honest. It's been a challenging year. We've seen our offering income decline and some constrictions there. And so we've uh, reduced our spending with that. And now we're at a point where we've got to move forward and uh, we're looking to regain some of the ground we've lost and make that up. And we're working together with our conference leadership, specifically uh, Superintendent Bruce Cromwell and our conference loan board. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an asterisk with our budget this year. Um, and, um, and JC and I will try to explain that to you briefly But I want you to know up front, you can talk to me. You can talk to any member of our leadership team. You can talk to our finance team, and we'll tell you who they are. And you can talk to JC. And we we will answer your questions to the best of our ability. We may not know all the answers, um, but we will get you the answers the best we can. So, JC, what do you want us to know about 2019 going into 2020 and what these people can do uh, and are doing uh, to help us pay the bills and build the kingdom? Um, Well, I would just say the church wouldn't exist, obviously, without all of you. Um, Your presence and your ministry, the things you do, but also your giving. Um, And so we appreciate everything that you give, um, whether you feel like it's a little or a lot. And uh, we would just encourage you as Pastor gave a wonderful sermon last week about generosity and just being generous with your time and your money, um, between you and God, think about you know what can you give next year um, and what is God asking you to give. Um, and as far as that? our yes, absolutely. As far as our budget goes, um, this is a a product of our um, our finance team as well as the leadership team and. Um, we, have, we made a lot of cuts last year. This year, 
we made a few cuts, um, but we pretty much left things as they are. As Pastor mentioned, the um, mortgage, you'll see a line item there for mortgage. Um, we left it the same as last year, but we don't actually have confirmation from our conference who holds our mortgage loan. Uh, we don't know for sure um, what that's going to be. So um, just keep that in mind. Um, I don't know, Pastor, when will we be voting and is that next Again, week? Again, oh yeah, beginning next Sunday, you'll have a ballot to vote on this. So this is the proposal that you're getting from our finance team and our leadership team. They both looked this over and worked on it. We've also asked our conference to uh, consider and allow us renegotiate our mortgage so that um, a couple of things. One, that we can keep it the, the payments at a level that we can manage. And uh, they've allowed us to do that uh, in the past by reducing our interest rate on our mortgage, and then this year by allowing us to have a reduced payment on our mortgage. So they've done both, uh, but we've asked them to do a little bit more. And so the leadership team drafted a letter, and we sent it off, and we've asked them to help us to get to where we can eliminate our mortgage. Because uh, we don't want to just, we've been paying on this for 11 years. And uh, we think it's time that we retire this in some form. And so we're going to sit down over the next couple of months with uh, our conference loan board and hopefully renegotiate that. Um, and so what we're asking you to consider is a budget that shows the mortgage at the rate we've been paying for 2019. And we've asked them not to raise that rate, which I think they are in agreement with. But we've also asked them to help to continue to reduce the interest and even help us address the issue of the principal on our mortgage. So those of you finance people know that we're asking them for a lot. Uh, but we also know that we have given our conference a lot. And so um, this is a relationship we want to continue. And uh, it's a relationship where we and our conference work together and we will report that back to you as soon as we hear back from them as well. So, so they're going to vote on the budget as is with the understanding that we may come back to you in a m- month, few weeks, whatever, and say, actually, the mortgage is going to be this. Is correct. that correct? Okay. Just and so probably not clear. more. Probably not more. Yeah. We're, I'm pretty confident that it will not be more. Hopefully, even less. We'll see what they say. Um, One other thing, many of you have signed up to give by ACH, um, which just, it's an electronic payment, so you can schedule it um, in advance, and once or twice a month, we will um, just debit your account for whatever you've chosen to give. It's it's a wonderful way for us to kind of know in advance um, what we can expect, and it's all, it also makes it really easy for you to give and helps you not have to remember every month. So if any of you are currently doing that and want to change your giving in any way, let me know and we can make those adjustments. Or if any of you have not used the ACH payments before and would like to start, let me know that too and I can give you the forms and any information that you might have or need, rather. <laughs> and I might just share something personally about giving with ACH. Um, Kayleen and I have done this from the time we started to uh, uh, offer the, uh, the plan of giving auto, uh, through the automated plan. Um, and Kayleen and I have been praying about this, um, and we shared this with the leadership team. Um, 
And so we, we talked and we prayed and we told the Lord that we were going to increase our giving for 2020. So some of you that have been in the ACH program, you know, it's, it's, it works very well. And it's very simple. It gives JC and Karen and our finance team kind of a baseline of giving for our church. Uh, but for me, it means that my giving happens regularly. And if, you know, if a bill comes that I didn't expect, I'm not tempted to go, well, I won't pay my tithes, I'll pay the bill. Because I've already set that up and I've made that as a commitment. And then, you know, I'm one of those people that now needs to sit down and talk with JC and say, you need to change my ACH because we're going to raise that amount for 2019. I issued that challenge to our leadership team. I said, hey, let's lead the way on this. And uh, by the end of the first meeting we had where we talked about that, um, we had agreed on an amount that would increase giving by about $1,200 over the year. In the last two weeks, in talking to a few of you, um, and I, I'm praying for you that have said this because you guys are courageous, but some of you have made verbal commitments putting together with that 1200 that's, that, that that are a significant increase in giving for us. And so if everybody who's talked to me follows through, you know who you are, and we're going to talk and see how God is going to do that. But in the last two weeks, combined with the leadership team and those of you who have spoken to me specifically, if that happens, it's an increase of about $10,000 of giving in 2020. And so I, I just praise God because I didn't know there was another $10,000 to come out of our congregation. But the Lord has it. And he has it to put into our hands, whether it's through a raise at work or unexpected uh, financial blessing or just becoming more disciplined in giving because we haven't been. So pray about that and help us because that will make things a whole lot easier for JC to take care of things on your end, wouldn't it? Okay. Do you guys have any questions? This would be a good time to ask some questions, and JC and I will try to answer them because there might be a question you have that somebody else was going to ask as well. You've got the next couple of weeks to ask questions too because we will be voting on this over the next couple of weeks. You've got time to go home, look this over. If you want more of a breakdown of how that money is actually spent, JC can give you line by line. She is meticulous about that. And um, if you want to know about our church's indebtedness, we'd be happy to tell you how much we owe and uh, what rate we've been repaying that. Um, and uh, just want you to know that we want to get that paid off. It's become a strong conviction for our leadership team that we take care of our mortgage and get out from underneath that. Okay? Thank you, JC. Again, uh, talk to JC, myself. I was going to tell you who these people are. Um, so uh, Jared Cook's not able to be here today, but Jared Cook is on our finance team. Gordon Johnson's on our finance team and Karen Fitzmeyer. And then our leadership team, um, I'm just going to kind of scan congregation so I can, Bill Randall's on our leadership team. And um, let's see, Stephen Andrews is on our leadership team. Um, Alan Gale, Karen Fitzmeyer, Connie Kraft, and Jared Cook, and Elizabeth Colflesh. Yep, I didn't see her, so I didn't remember her. She's taking care of a baby. So those, those are the, the lay leaders of our church, and they do an exemplary job. I am so blessed to have 
these people helping me out in doing this. All right. I want to invite our band to come back up to the front. We're going to sing a hymn in closing because we think the next year is filled with promises that God has made to us in Scripture. And as they come, I want to read this Scripture to you as a reminder of that. This is in John chapter 10, verses 7 through 10. We talked about this being just a little bit of a lot of life. And this is what Jesus said when he was talking about his sheep and taking care of his sheep. So Jesus spoke again. I assure you that I am the gate of the sheep. All who come before me, who came before me, were thieves and outlaws, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief enters only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came so that they could have life. Remember a little bit of a lot of life. I came that they could have life. Indeed, so they could live life to the fullest. Amen.